When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Back to Tom and Bach on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. We are at Chick-fil-A. Of course, it's Tuesday, so therefore it is Tailgate Tuesday. Stop by this location at 48th and O or the South Point location and use your Chick-fil-A app to order a scan, get rewards points, and be registered to win a free tailgate meal for 15 people, chicken nuggets, fresh fruit, iced tea, or lemonade, and they'll call you. Uh, if you are the winner, to let you know that you've won. Uh, and at 2 o'clock, we get to go inside and, and eat. That's right. I always look forward to that. That's why uh, Tuesdays are my favorite days of the week now. Why wouldn't they be? Uh, of course. And it is a tailgate Tuesday. You mentioned this, and the text line has brought it up. Bubba Starling has uh, retired from baseball. Yeah. Uh, of course, he was a big quarterback commit, and maybe a good question to ask our next guest, Brian Munson of HuskerOnline.com. Do you remember, what do you remember about covering Bubba Starling in, recru- in recruiting? Uh, Bubba quite a bit, actually. Um, so um, there was always the, the big baseball football debate with him, and, and um, you know, <clears throat> I think at the time when he was a U.S. Army All-American, it was very clear to the pe- the people that were that were there and in attendance that they you know just didn't feel like he was a division one quarterback. Um, they kind of felt like he was a tremendous athlete and maybe an exceptional wide receiver could grow into a tight end, but it just never really kind of had you know uh, that that fluidity as far as being like a, a quarterback. Now, obviously, he was being recruited probably play, playing a little bit different of a system, you know, and maybe he would have been more like a um, uh, a Taylor Martinez as, as opposed to, you know, doing stuff like mm. Zach Taylor, you know, and, and whatever. Mm. So, um, and obviously there was a, there was a huge ordeal, but people got to remember that summer that it came down to a deadline. There was a deadline basically from when he was drafted by the Kansas city Royals mm. to where he showed up in Lincoln and he was working out with the football team. And it was, I think it was like either end of, end of July or early part of August. And, and essentially if the, the clock struck 1201, then he was going to play college football. And if it, if he wanted to go play division or play MLB football, baseball and take, take the Royals up on their contract offer, he had to be gone by midnight. Um, and he decided to go ahead and leave Lincoln. So kind of, you know, Nebraska fans have always been kind of high and dry. It was one of those situations, obviously that, that they always kind of wondered what could have been. I think it's been kind of dangled in front of uh, in front of Nebraska fans too, uh, from time to time. I think there's been rumors about him leaving the game and coming back to play uh, college football. And uh, there, I think there's even a time where I think he showed up on the sideline for a KU game. 
Uh, I don't think he'd ever come back to Nebraska necessarily to play college football. I think he probably would end up in Lawrence. But, um, you know, <clears throat> obviously things don't always work out for those guys. Tremendous athlete, great kid to talk to, always got a kick out of him. His coaching staff was always very, very good to deal with, too. So uh, enjoy your enjoy your pseudo-retirement and, and the money that you made. Well, it's interesting, obviously, is the, the number five pick overall. So, <laughs> decision. Yeah. And $10 million signing bonus. Yeah, yeah. There was yeah. A, I don't know why his decision took a while. I think yeah. he just wanted to have fun with the, the signing day and all that and being Husker for a little bit. But um, do you think there's a chance that he, he goes the Brandon Whedon route or Chris Winkie route? I guess I don't remember exactly know the rules, but would he have some eligibility left to come play football somewhere? Yeah, I think obviously, you know, the Drew Henson, Winky, you know, route that you you brought up, um, he, he would have some eligibility. His, his uh, I don't know how that gets calculated uh, now, but um, I think that he would have some, some time to where he could go back and, and go to school potentially, and, and I'm sure that that's an option for him anyway, whether he's going to play athletics or not. He just wouldn't be able to, to participate in college baseball. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that would be definitely something that I, I'm sure that – it's probably been probably been something that's been rolling around his head a little bit where he could go ahead and give it a look and maybe get a get a scholarship to come back and do some things and not have to spend any of that money of course that you mentioned that goes along with being the, yeah. the fifth pick overall yeah well Damian Jackson of course is an older guy that's playing college football of course a walk-on I just made me think uh, what's the oldest guy that's ever played isn't he 30 is is uh Bubba Starling close to 30 or 29 right He's now be 10 years in the league. yeah uh that would be interesting if he yeah. decided you know what I want to I want to go back to school maybe get my degree and uh, play some college football. Yeah. I mean, he, he's an athletic guy enough. Of their, if he decided he could play wide receiver, I, I would think that uh, that would be interesting if he ever decided to do that, whether it's Nebraska or someplace else. Brian Munson of HuskerOnline.com. Nebraska looks like they're getting uh, involved with more junior college players. Of course, we know it's been, what, over 600 days since Nebraska has been out on the road. They were finally able to get out during the bye week. Um how seriously are they uh, into the Ju- JUCO ranks right now, Brian? I, I think very seriously. Um, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I was able to confirm, obviously, that, that Tuioti and Shenander were working through Kansas last week. They had stopped through Independence. They actually made an offer to a new defensive tackle. They had offered <clears throat> they'd offered uh, Jeffrey Imbaugh before, and, and that was a guy that had been on Nebraska's radar for a while, even going back to high school. Um, but then there was a second defensive tackle there, the last name of, of, of Lange. Uh, I'm a Polizzi, I believe is how you pronounce his first name. Uh, mm-hmm. Big guy, 6'6", 330, uh, you know, had an offer from like Maryland and, and a couple other schools, obviously, mm-hmm. too. And Nebraska offered him, and they want both guys to, to take a visit together, uh, which I think is a, a really good sign. I think both those guys will end up taking a visit and, and Embaugh's taken off. I mean, I think that last time he picked up an offer from Auburn. I think he just got an offer from Tennessee before that. So his the lid's kind of blowing off on him a little bit. But then Nebraska was also in Texas on Saturday to check out Snow Junior College taking on Kilgore. Uh, and uh, Coach Fisher was in attendance to check out uh, Keontae Scott, who is a cornerback for Snow Junior College. Um, I, I would I would venture a guess to say that, that Keontae Scott is becoming like priority number one for Nebraska as far as guys they still want to try to get into the 2022 class. I, I, I think that I think Scott is there. I think Embaugh is there. Uh, I think there's a guy like I mean like uh, uh, Zaw Frazier 
um, who's uh, also a big defensive back, like a six foot four, two hundred and ten pound guy. Um, and then I think that Lange is also in there as well. But you know, everybody I've mentioned to you so far is on the defensive side of the football. We have we have yet to really kind of uncover what's going on on the offensive side, and there's clearly offensive linemen that need to be added to this group. And I just think that people are going to have to be patient here because I think that those guys are going to come via the portal process. So I think Nebraska fans just kind of have to bear with Nebraska and basically that process to where guys will throw their name in the portal here in the next in the next couple, four to six weeks. Brian Munson of HuskerOnline.com. Scott Frost mentioned, I believe, yesterday that uh, they're getting really good response out on the recruiting trail is that what you're hearing still from recruits? I mean, because it has been so long, and it's different from actually seeing guys face-to-face and their coaches versus talking to you. Uh, but what are you getting feel, uh, the feeling about Nebraska's 3-5 and five season? Is the momentum still there? Yeah, well, I think Nebraska is still that recognizable school that when they walk in, I mean, when, you, when I talked to Lange, it was like he, he was blown away that a school like Nebraska, these are his words, a school like Nebraska would see enough potential in him. And he said, I I really feel like, honestly, I can go do anything now. He's like, that was a huge offer for me to kind of get that validation. Um, So, yeah, I think Nebraska, when they still step foot on campus, I think it's still a a, a recognizable school, regardless of what's kind of going on currently at the moment. And I know that it's way different for folks that are sitting there on the inside and they're seeing the struggles and they're and they're the perceived struggle of basically eight commitments in the 2022 group a class size is going to be somewhere between 13 and 15 guys you know and kind of waiting for the portal names to kind of drop before nebraska can go get active and, and looking for an offensive lineman or two potentially a quarterback maybe a specialist or two um, so yeah, I think that there's been there's some things that are being dictated to Nebraska right now that I think it's that's really really tough to kind of say then that Nebraska's kind of like you know master of their domain and that they've got you know they've got recruiting all kind of under control when you're kind of waiting on these things to kind of happen. I, I think that in terms of the 2023 guys and 2024 guys, like Nebraska made a couple of offers out to some, some kids from the Chicago area. I think that there was a really good response uh, to where they were out there kind of showing themselves to the high school ranks. We just don't know of a lot of that movement happening on the 2022 side. How how are things going to work out as far as a timeline for obviously these super juniors to kind of make their decisions? And are those, are those scholarships or do they count toward the, the, the the limit or is there, is it expected that you kind of replace those scholarships with other, uh, you know, kind of transfer market type of guys? Well, I mean, obviously those are some guys that I think Nebraska has to feel better about some than others when it comes to them coming back or, or leading. If you go back and you look at, like, these uh, super senior group and you're going, okay, well, then you've got eight guys going out the door there, and then you've got, like, Martinez, who's kind of the headliner of that super junior group, and you're going down through the roster a little bit to say, well, this guy's academically already graduated, and this guy here is – you know, very, very close. He's going to graduate later on this fall. There's, there's obviously some exit, exit type of interviews and evaluations that are going to take place that they're going to have a better idea and understand what's going on with the numbers. Um, but I think that, you know, in terms of uh, where Nebraska was at anyway to declare that they had 13 spots, they had to have a good feeling for where those super juniors were at in the first place. Because attrition-wise, to say that there's five guys felt like either that they knew that some guys were going to jump into the portal early on or that they had a good understanding of where, where some of those super junior guys were, were at, where they were just going to say, look, I'm, 
I'm leaving Nebraska before the end of my uh, my eligibility exhaust because, you know, I've graduated. I'm going to go be an insurance agent or whatever, you know, the case may be. And they're just going to jump out and say my football career is done, is done with. So I, I think that there's some understanding to that just based on where Nebraska was kind of going with the class in terms of the numbers. Um, and I think that there's also maybe some things that are in flux when you start to hear where I say 13 to 15. I, I think potentially there could be some other things that could happen. I think that there's some some things that need to be kind of settled uh, uh, here shortly. But but I think that, you know, Nebraska had a pretty good idea about what was going to kind of happen in that super junior group to begin with. Brian Munson of HuskerOnline.com, talking a little Husker recruiting. Uh, we know that they have a commit already from San Antonio prospect Richard Torres, whose season ended early due to injury. But they're also pursuing, apparently, Reese Mooney, who says he will announce in the next month. He's a 2023 guy. Uh, so does that mean they're, they, it looks like in a very small class they're taking two quarterbacks? Well, so Torres is 2022, and, and Mooney will be Okay, 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 gotcha, gotcha. But, but okay. it's interesting with Mooney is, is of course, Nebraska, where they were just these huge, broad leaders, you know, in the months of August and September – well, since then, they've gone three and five. Mm-hmm. And he's seen his interest kind of skyrocket. I mean, he releases a top 11 last week, says he's going to commit next month. Nebraska fans naturally aren't feeling as good about Reese Mooney as what they once did, and, and that's for good reason. Uh, Nebraska's not even recruiting him the hardest out of all the schools that are on his list of schools, the schools that he just dropped over on his tweet. So that, there is some reason, I think, to be apprehensive uh, if you're a Nebraska fan about about where Nebraska is going. You know, when it comes to the quarterback in this class or, or in the next class, excuse me, in the next class. So, um, and and I think with Mooney, he's trying to get ahead of the curve a little bit because he knows that that quarterback, that quarterback process and their recruiting window, it, it happens very very early, and he's going to go ahead and get it out early. He's going to get healthy, try to come back and play some baseball and continue to rehab and so that he can go back out there and have a senior season and all pressure is kind of off of him. So, um, but yeah, that would be, those two guys would be in the, in the room together in, in different grades. Yeah. Uh, uh, Brent, a report came out the last couple of days uh, t- uh, trying to rank the teams and how much they spend in recruiting. I think it was done from 2019, but Nebraska came in 11th. I remember years ago, uh, I think it was under Bo Pelini, they were first, and that made more sense to me because they you know, had to travel everywhere, and the, you know, we all know about the limitations of being at Nebraska. Uh, what, what do you make of that 11th ranking and, and spending considerably less than Georgia, who apparently spends more than everybody? Um. Well, I mean, I, I think that also Georgia's support staff, I don't know how the hours are kind of put all together when it comes to evaluation, and, and I'd like to see what the moving parts were a little bit behind the scene. I, I think with COVID, um, it, it's it's really hurt Nebraska because I think Nebraska is a, a team that spends a lot of time out there on the ro- on the road, and, and I think that they would have liked to have done a lot more a lot more stuff, but I mean... Kind of going into all of that, um, it's just it's sometimes it's 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 kind of difficult to kind of factor in here. But I I, I would be concerned. I would be concerned of that because I think number one, Nebraska fans are trying to figure out what's going on with kids in Omaha. That why the kids in Omaha in 2021 group are deciding to go elsewhere, and I think that they don't want it to repeat. That they would rather have those kids playing for the home state school in Lincoln. Uh, and obviously, then Nebraska fans know where Nebraska is at in terms of wins and losses over the last four seasons. Um, and I think that obviously that you can draw some parallels uh, between the two. So 
if you've got a report like that that's that's stating you know why Nebraska is or that Nebraska is not out there doing the recruiting, putting in the time that of course the number one team in the nation is doing, mm. you you might be able to kind of you know put put together I guess some logic about maybe yeah. why where Nebraska why where Nebraska is at you know is is directly tied to. Some of those things that kind of go and happen behind the scenes. And, and the report that Bach is referring to, athleticdirectoru.com, that was compiled in 2019, that fiscal year. So it takes some some years to study uh, past years. So this was even before COVID. Uh, but uh, Georgia, yeah. number one, Alabama, number two. Georgia spends $3.6 million on recruiting every year. Nebraska, one point three, right next to Oklahoma. They spend a little more than Oklahoma. But you're talking about a state obviously in Nebraska, where it's hard to get to the recruits uh, unless you spend a lot of money. So maybe it's something that they could, you know, focus on in years to come. But they, I think already they spend a lot of money, uh, just not as much as Georgia. Yeah. Uh, good yeah, stuff. One thing to add to that, though, too, is that Nebraska has to recruit differently because they have to cast a much wider net. I mean, you, no. we're always talking about record number of guys being offered by Nebraska. It's usually 300-plus. Um, so, yeah, that, that maybe is a little bit of a, a, a thing to kind of take some concern back and understand, of course, why you have to offer so many and have to dilute basically your time across that wider net as opposed to go ahead and getting into it a little bit more and, and zeroing in on a few more guys. Yeah, well, they, yeah, they're always going to have to recruit nationally. Uh, good stuff. Uh, Brian Munson of HuskerOnline.com. We'll talk to you again next week. Thanks for the time, Brian. Sounds great, man. We'll see you. Uh, Brian Munson there. Uh, let's get to break. Come back with a blog jog. We'll do it next. You're listening to Tom and Bach. Watch live on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitch. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today, or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.